We grow through what we go through. Pat Dibbley said that. Pat today is my guest. Last time I met Pat, it was here, in my house, in the, my podcast studio. But because of the times we're in, last night we spoke via Instagram Live. And then we recorded the audio on our little mics, as you're hearing now. So this conversation has contributions by the people watching. So you're going to hear us mention comments that they make and questions that they ask. And for the people that are listening now that maybe were listening last night, sorry we didn't get around to answering all of the questions. Um, there is a slight delay on Instagram Live, but hopefully, I mean, over a thousand people tuned in to watch, which is quite a lot uh, for me particularly. So hopefully we're going to do it again. But today in this conversation, we talk, we talk about conspiracy theories. David Icke, if you know him, if you don't, he's a fascinating man and very relevant for the time we're in. Ike is I-C-K-E. We also talk about how to stay strong, how to stay resilient through these new social restrictions. And Pat has been running a 14-day challenge on Facebook that ended last week to help people with journaling, with mindfulness, even simple things like breathing techniques. Pat is... Um, such a great resource for all kinds of personal development and it was always a pleasure to chat with him so i really hope you enjoy this conversation if you do you can leave a review on itunes you can also send any questions you have to me my instagram is at, uh, at kevin ball yoga if you'd like to practice yoga with me i'm doing a class at the moment on instagram live 7 p.m but i plan in the next week i'm waiting for uh, a Bluetooth mic to come, but I plan to start doing them on Zoom and as a pay-as-you-go model, just because it's going to be, Instagram has been tricky lately, like dropping connections, video getting paused, there's too much traffic on Instagram, so if I transfer it to Zoom and I use my DSLR camera and a Bluetooth mic, it's going to be really, really high quality audio visual and with a reliable connection, so that is the plan, but for now, uh, any information that you need, any updates, you can find it on Kevin Ball Yoga. Again, hope you enjoy this. And without further ado, here is the man himself, Pat Divoli. Pat, how's it going? Life is good. Um, yeah, dude, life is good. I'm happy. I'm ticking away, throwing around some kettlebells, doing a little bit of meditation, reading some books. I've got mm. a better better social life now than I did before this whole thing, thanks to Zoom. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I got like oh. I overcommit on Zoom and end up doing too many calls in the day, and toward the end of the day, mm. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I had I had a moment earlier there. I was teaching a class, and uh, it went. I was having a nightmare with recording video today, and you know, battery wasn't charged, whatever. And halfway through the class, the thing crashed, and I said. Fuck, <laughs> and I realised that the uh, it was still running, you know, and and I feel like now I don't know whether I, sometimes I look at my phone and I don't know whether I'm being recorded or not. It's like reality and virtual reality. I'm all yeah. messed up. <laughs> the system, man. They're they're out to get us. Yeah. Speaking of which, David Ike. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, but do a do a thumbs up, people, if you know David Ike. 
by the way. There's a slight delay on these, by the way, Pat, um, in the comments and the questions. Um, but Pat, what's your thoughts on, on David Icke? My whole inbox today has been people asking to do a podcast on David Icke. I think the, I like David Icke. I really like David Icke. There's a documentary about him called Renegade. And um, it's beautiful. He's just courageous. The guy will speak his mind regardless of whether he's right or he's wrong. He's like everyone else. He's right about some things and he's wrong about others. But I think the more interesting conversation with him is we live in a world where everything's black and white and people like to judge and make up their mind in an instance. That's why like clickbait works. That's why that's how we operate black and white thinking. And that's dangerous because that's where we uh, judge someone and we kind of shut them down. So I think with David Icke, people have judged him as being a lunatic or a genius. And so they're on one side of the fence and then they're shut down from the rest of his conversation. They're not interested in what he has to say if they've shut him down as a lunatic. And equally, if they think he's a genius, they'll listen to Anthony says. So people just need to have their own well-rounded opinion and give it a bit of space. Um, look, a lot of the guys, mm. that guy said, a lot of the things he said back 30 years ago came to be. Like he called out everything that happened in the BBC and the royal family and people said he was crazy back then. So there's definitely some truth in what he's saying. Um, it's kind of crazy. You saw his video got pulled off YouTube yesterday. So that's like... Yeah. That's kind of scary that the guy can't express himself without his opinions being pulled down when people are saying a lot worse. But yeah, I like him. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, well, I remember his really famous interview on Wogan, on Terry Wogan, like back in the early 80s. And that was shown over and over again. Where essentially, Terry Wogan, what was he saying? Um, well, with Terry Wogan, I th he was talking about con conspiracy theories. Mm. And Terry Wogan the audience started laughing about something and Terry Rogan said, they're laughing at you, not with you, yeah. which was quite mean actually. And since then Terry Rogan said that he regretted saying that, um, but that stuck with him. And then whenever you say the word conspiracy theory, it immediately belittles someone's opinion, doesn't it? Because you're saying like it's, it's all, it's uh, alternative and therefore because it's not mainstream, it's not necessarily right. But what's happening if people don't know, you guys are listening, don't know, there's a YouTube channel called London Real, and the host, the creator, Brian Rose, is... I'm not a huge fan of his... I, I mean, I, I, there's something I like about him I don't like, but he had David Icke on, and David Icke was talking about the... To answer your question, Jenny, he was talking about the connection between 5G and coronavirus, which maybe sounds ridiculous, and it doesn't mean you have to agree with David Icke, but as Brian Rose said... I don't necessarily, not necessarily going to agree with what you're saying, but I'll fight to the death to, for your right to say it. Mm. Essentially saying freedom of speech. And Brian Rose uploaded these videos about 5G and coronavirus, and they got pulled off of YouTube. Then he re-uploaded, they got kept on YouTube, but they took the audio away. Then he had to re-upload again, and he took uh, the title out, so no coronavirus, no 5G. Um, and the BBC are in cahoots with uh, YouTube supposedly so essentially it's a it's a free speech issue and I, I don't know if you know this Pat but when I first started my podcast everyone was saying to me you should go on to Patreon hmm. because Patreon people can give you uh, donations if they like your work but then there was an issue with Patreon about um, some a few people got kicked off because they were saying things that were considered yeah. inflammatory not on you not on 
Patreon, but on a different platform, like on a private platform. And they got kicked off. So although this is great, we're having all these conversations and we've put loads of stuff on YouTube. Um, it is, I think the freedom of speech issue is is definitely concerning. And we're living now in an almost Orwellian state, where like this authoritarian um, state where we're under surveillance a lot. And I, 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 I was saying, I was the big stay at home advocate. I did a video about this. And in fact, if you use the word COVID-19 or coronavirus in your YouTube video, it gets demonetized. Mm. Uh, so, but I said essentially like we should stay at home, which is um, kind of obvious, I think. But now if you look at some, say Sweden and Japan, they're not doing the stay at home thing. And uh, I don't know what the outcome is gonna be health wise, but I, I am a bit concerned at what's, what's gonna stick, you know, like what are, in this, a few months' time, when the coronavirus has hopefully subsided, are there still going to be surveillance like there wasn't before or whatever? I, I don't know, man. Um, what do you think? You talk about the Wogan interview, right? And one of the things that he said back in the day, so that was 30 years ago, people that don't know his background, he was a professional footballer. He got arthritis, couldn't play anymore, became a sports pundit. He was famous on the BBC back in the 70s, I guess. And then he just had this enlightening moment of some kind where his whole worldview changed and he became this conspiracy theorist and he was laughed at and he was mocked. And he had no reason to go, like he had no monetary gain. He was only just, he had everything to lose by coming out and saying the things he said, but he said them. And that's why I like him. He's courageous, even if his views are not all accurate. Like just having the balls to, to put yourself on the line and, and be courageous. But what I liked about that, he said when that interview happened, he was the laughing stock for the next 10 years. He couldn't walk into a pub. He couldn't go to a comedy gig. He was just ridiculed on the streets for 10 years. Mm. And he said it was the greatest gift he ever gave because he got freedom from what other people thought of him because he said he just went through it for a long period of time. And there was a point where he said, right, I'm out of the prison. I'm trying to, I'm talking into a microphone here. Can you hear me all right, Kev? Perfect, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he said it was the greatest freedom he ever got because he just escaped the prison that most of us live in, and that's the prison of what do other people think of me. He said he had been ridiculed to such a degree that it was like, well, no one has any respect for me now at this point anyway, so I'm completely free. And I think mm. that's, that's powerful. But where we're going to go, I mean, look, that's what he's looking at. He's kind of saying, look, we're all under house arrest now. And... Um, We've been told overnight you're under house arrest and everyone's gone with it, which is probably the right thing to do. But then it just shows how quickly things can change. And I think that's his argument. Um, I haven't looked into the ins and outs of it. And look, I'm sure there's loads of stuff he says that is crazy. And it's funny, look, sometimes I post a book that I'm reading that could be Osho or it could be David Icke and I'm messages straight away. He's a bad guy. You shouldn't be reading that. And I'm kind of like, you should read opinions of people that are controversial and people that you don't agree with because we've all got a confirmation bias and the confirmation bias is go out into the world and look for things that back up your point of view and we don't like to be challenged that's hard for the ego like the confirmation bias is if i think people are good i see good people think people are bad i see bad people kind of like social media if i like trump my whole social media feed spits trump propaganda at me and if I don't like Trump, it does the opposite. And we're the same. So, you know, I think it's important to be constantly going out there and challenging what you believe and, you know, be willing to be wrong. 
and also be willing to see someone as a whole person because the problem with judging people and saying David Icke's a lunatic is it's very black and white thinking and if you're that convinced that he's a lunatic and someone else is perfect then you probably treat yourself the same way you probably think you're the best person in the world when you have a good day or you're the worst person in the world when you have a bad day so all this stuff the way we reflect on other people is the same way we reflect on ourselves so I try to be compassionate with myself and be like, some days you're an asshole and you make mistakes or some days you act like an asshole. That's probably a, a better way of putting it. And some days you act like a brilliant human being and this is, everyone's the same. So we yeah. all we all judge and that's part of being human. But I think you have to judge behaviors as opposed to judging people, because when we sh judge people, we shut down the person and we never see them again. We don't know who they are because he's in the box of being a conspiracy theorist. So I've shut him down. He's a lunatic. So I've shut him down, you know yeah I, I never I haven't spoken about this uh publicly but i had a ch i won't say who but i had someone on my podcast before christmas um legendary yoga teacher and this is public knowledge now so i thought it was me i thought it was me kev but that was after <laughs> christmas <laughs> you're, yeah, you're official yogi pat <laughs> um, um but it, this guy legendary yoga teacher and Essentially, after the podcast was done with him, um, he was accused of allegations, basically had allegations made against him. And it caught a lot of wind uh, and got a lot of publicity. And I had one person who was um, really on a mission who commented on my Instagram pages, on my YouTube video, was like, you are supporting someone who is um, a predator, someone who has done X, Y, Z. And... I I I um I think I replied once to ask to ask more like um can you tell me what you think I should do just out of curiosity mm -hmm. and they uh, said that I should delete the video and take it down and then I thought to myself and this is this this same he was on a podcast with this other guy who and they're actually good friends and this other guy this other famous yoga teacher he decided to delete the two episodes that he did with this guy erase them from the archive and sent a public apology saying he sorry he supported this person, and what my thoughts are, I sympathise with the with the victim, okay, if everything. But we we can't. Um, for me, it seems weird and wrong to uh, delete things that before we you know one without uh, it being put before a judge and a jury, and two, I, I the guy I met the guy he seemed fine to me he was pleasant to me, nothing has been proven. And I think if we start deleting the past, we, we can't learn from it and we can't, we, we lose something. And that level of censorship, um, we, it, it, I think it, it's quite concerning for me. Um, and I realised that with a podcast, and I don't know how people feel about this, I'd be interested to know. But when I'm very candid in my podcast, I say things sometimes that I forget I'm being recorded and it's kind of some things I find a bit embarrassing. I wake up at three in the morning and go, why did I say that? The shame hangover it's called. Huh? <laughs> exactly. But, but I, 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 I can't, for me, it's, it's all or nothing in that respect. And, um, yeah, I just, I just find that whole censorship is again, as Brian Rose said it best, I don't necessarily agree with what the person's saying, but I will defend their right to say it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and that's how you know we can learn. Um, but Pat, I want to want to talk. <laughs> we got off on a tangent there, but I think it's all interesting stuff, especially now that we know everything's being recorded. Well, I think um, I, I think with um, 
with Ike as an example, there is this idea of like separate the teacher from the teachings, just in general, like it's important for us all that someone can have like immediate downfall and a lot of people will just write them off and be like, that guy's always been a waste of space. And they just, again, judgment there because they've made mistakes or whatever it is that could override 20 years, 30 years of being a genius at whatever their field is. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, all the spiritual gurus you look to, they all seem to have some allegations or there's, there's a, you know, there's, they've, they've messed up in some way. And sometimes people completely disconnect and shut down from everything they're saying. But sometimes mm. there's like, oh, can I take something positive from their teachings? And I guess try to mm. live it in a more integral way. Yeah, it's 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 almost. I know the argument for people saying, "Well, if you go to their classes or their workshops or you go to the website, you're supporting them financially," which is which is true. Mm. But I do think that if you know um, someone's reputation is worth way more than their their money finances. But um, you know, as I said, I, I think um, it, it's it's something that I'm like I realize now when I'm streaming. As I was saying to you earlier, like I, you know, I said the f drop the f bomb on the stream mm. and i don't know if it was picked up or not but i was thinking that's recorded now forever <laughs> forever that could be played back on a loop going look at this yoga teacher he said <laughs> yeah. fuck he said the f word yeah, yeah. you know and um it, and if that was taken out of context it could be like oh this person is an angry person or whatever but it's um i don't know it's, it's something it's something to consider but i think that it's a small price to pay for adopting and uh, embracing this online uh, environment we're going into. Um, but Pat, I, I think just, just by the way, can I say, stroke of genius by you with your 14 day challenge. I mean, it was brilliant. It was such a needed thing to do and you did it at the exact right time. And obviously this is your bread and butter. This is what you do so well, support people, um, help people to, to um, develop themselves personally. And um, so when you did it, I was like, that makes it makes so much sense. And it's needed now more than ever. Mm. Um, what are you? Are you at the third day 13 or 14? Or is it done? We're done now. And um, we finished. I think we finished last week. So oh, last week, there's people going at their own pace. Goalsetting.ie. People can sign up still for free. Um, it. Um, yeah, it was an impromptu thing. Um, I've, I've taken some lessons from it. It's funny, a lot of my content for the last year has been real professional, kind of at talks and seminars, professionally filmed. And then I was hesitant about putting up a, a selfie video just talking about, you know, because you've got this brand on check and stuff. And then I was like, right, I'm just going to do a video talking about, you know, some of what's happening right now. And uh, I just shared a couple of ideas and there was great uptake on it. And then I was like, oh, screw it, I'll do a 14 day challenge because I'm treating this time as a chance to burn the ships and throw everything out there like all of my content is going out there into the world um, and I'm reinventing. I'm not coming out of this thing the same guy as I was coming into it. So that's mm. my, um, I was reading again Osho today and Osho had this piece about amateurs and experts. And he sort of said that when you're, uh, when you're, when you become an expert at something, when you develop a skill and you do it a lot, you get better and better at the skill but sometimes you lose the creativity that you had at the start, if that makes sense. So he says, he said, yeah. he said, experts don't create great things. It's the amateurs that do because they try things in their own way. So I was like, right, I'm gonna go back to being an amateur with this stuff. I'm gonna like put out as much content as I can, reinvent all, reinvent myself, um, 
and my, and my workshops and everything else. So yeah, it was good. Seven and a half thousand people signed up for that journaling course. It was uh, That's crazy. Yeah, it was refreshing for me to see people because um, journal, look, journaling is not the sexiest practice in the world. You know, it's not a 10 minute get a six pack workout. It's work. You know? <laughs> they call it the work because it's work. Like it's hard to look at your life and be like, oh, I'm not exactly where I thought I was or to look at patterns and be like, oh, or to look at something you've worked on for the last two years and be like, this isn't really for me. There's all these things like it's a vulnerability with journaling. So to see so many people look at it, I was, it was cool. Um, it gave me a sense of purpose as well, Kev, because all my workshops and everything I'm doing was canceled for the next couple of months, you know? So it was kind of like, I can feel sorry for myself here and lose routine and stuff, or I can like find a reason to get up in the morning and be sharing stuff. So it was useful. It was good for me. Yeah. I, I, I think um, for some, I know for some people that the learning curve towards the new technology was quite steep but in fairness from what i see you've been moving that direction anyway because you know even things like you had a whiteboard an actual physical whiteboard and now you've got the digital whiteboard (laughs) so (laughs) these little steps are are, um the learning curve can be frustrating at the start but i think um this last two weeks three weeks has really accelerated where i wanted to go personally um and i think that i've been mate, mate i've been blown away by the amount of demand for streamed classes that wasn't a thing before that i can recall mm. but now people want to be part of something especially if they know it's on at a certain time and there's gonna be other people there and it's they, they've committed to that so it's um it's opened a uh, a whole new new world to me but i think you're right you can't get crippled by the need for it to be high quality all the time because what, what, what like the videos you're doing on your phone um propped up it looks like you're on a standing desk or yeah. something you've got your logo behind you Stand, uh yes yeah, resting on my laptop yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but they're, they're perfect you know, those yeah. those videos what what do you how do you then review like because i've seen someone posted i think it was today day 13 that, that's what made me think it was um but i've used the song people going at a different pace how do you then people journal how do you get you get feedback from them to know how they're getting on yeah so we ran a facebook group um so there was seven and a half thousand in that group Um a lot of people very active a lot of people not active at all but I would post the video every day. The encouragement was simple. So take 15 minutes, reflect upon whatever the question is. And it was simple. It said, look, sometimes the questions will seem so obvious that you'll throw your eyes up to heaven. But if you give it 15 minutes, you'll see some gold. And sometimes mm. I said 15 minutes minimum is the, the challenge because if I was to ask you like, what are your happiest memories? And you take five minutes, you'll come up with a few ideas. But if you go to 15 minutes, you really start digging and that's where you find the magic. But yeah, I would just ask people to share videos in that group with what have your reflections been from the first couple of days. We did a couple of webinars. We did a couple of coaching sessions. I started a 30 day coaching group then this past week because I have to transition my business online now as well. So I've had a big uptake on that, which has been great to keep me going. And um, they're kind mm-hmm. of they're kind of capitalizing off the back of the 14 days and just going to keep going with it. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of insights from people. I get lovely emails every day. I should probably take them to heart a bit more. But um, you hear lovely stories every day. Just people, people getting it at the right time and, and seeing it at the right time. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, sur- I'm surprised in general. I think people have taken this whole experience really well. 
Um, I think it's because we're all in it together. So there's no fear of missing out. There's no fear of getting left behind because everybody's kind of stuck at home. Um, mm. And and I think when you say like, oh, look, there's such a lesson in this, if we can remember it, that when the world shakes up completely, we innovate. And that's what happens. Like we learn how to use the technologies we've been avoiding. We tidy the house that we've been avoiding tidy. Like we, <laughs> we sort our stuff out but we shouldn't have to wait for life to give us a mess before we do that. We should like do that ourselves on an ongoing basis now, because I hear a lot of people saying like when the world goes back to the new normal, we're going to keep these practices and we're going to do this, that and the other. And I hope it's the case. And I don't speak for other people when I say that, when I speak for myself, but I know how easy it is to drift back into old patterns. Like as it stands for me to be at home and be able to cook in my own house has been such a novelty because I've been on the move so much the last few months. Like just being able to cook home food and do a shopping and like I'm loving all this stuff and I'm saying I don't want to go back to being as busy as I was before. But on the flip side, I know how easy it is to fall back into old patterns. So I think we need to remember these things, you know. What would you say though, as part as from the cooking, what would you say has uh, improved with your life now in the last few weeks? <laughs> you know what I've been talking a bit about recently is um, closing loops. So there's this idea Say that closing loops, so mental loops. Okay. So right. there's, there's, there's this idea that, so yesterday we, we messaged and we said, we'll do a stream tomorrow at half eight. And that's an open loop now. That's something that I know I have to do that I haven't completed. And they reckon we have 150 of these open loops at any given time. And then we wonder why we're stressed or we're overwhelmed or we're a bit tired, but wired in bed. And so I'm getting to close a lot of loops in these few weeks that I've had opened like finishing courses that I meant to finish or like catching up with people who I've been months trying to catch up with or picking up the guitar again for the first time in a while. I'm doing all those should do things that I haven't done in a long time, which has been good because it, yeah. it gives you a level of, you get confidence, I think, from finishing things, from completing tasks. You know, people, mm. people often think with energy, it's about like doing more. Oftentimes energy is about getting rid of the clutter that's getting in your way. Um, you know, again, fix the dodgy door that's scraping as you close it or you know all this mm -hmm. stuff i'm running around the world setting all these big goals and then i come back to a house and all the light bulbs are gone i'm like oh i should do that next week so <laughs> <laughs> there's jenny asking for a tune play is a tune what does that mean play a song oh play as um, a tune oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry next sorry, week yeah. next week oh yeah you play but you play a bit of guitar man don't you? do you sing um, sing will be a stretch. I'll send you a song afterwards. I recorded a song a couple of years back. I'll oh, send yeah? it to you after. Yeah, it's a drinking song. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually Jenny would be proud of me. I did a bit of kirtan today in my class. Oh, uh, nice. Which, mm, so and I did it, but it's funny because <laughs> you obviously can't hear if people are joining in. So I would like say a verse and then I wait there and go, <laughs> assuming that they're doing it as well, and and. I just I, I hope that um, you know people did people did join in, but I I think that I, I actually think kirtan is like the new yoga. As in ten years ago, people would laugh at you for doing yoga. They think, oh, what's all that stretching business? And now it's just you know, loads of people doing it. And I think kirtan, as Jenny will tell you, like her workshops, sixty, seventy people sometimes yeah. come along. It's crazy, man. Like they they sell out, um, and it shows you that we have obviously resistance to, I mean, I, I'm personally speaking to singing, 
But Kirtan isn't isn't singing. Jenny, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's more, it's a it's chanting, so mm. you don't need to be able, able to sing. And I, I I feel like that that because I don't play any instruments, that expression. I don't really dance. Um, although I'm looking to do um, what do you call it? Static dance. Uh, was, <laughs> well, I don't know a Zumba. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, a, a friend a friend of mine is a Zumba instructor. And uh, he's going to maybe start z- streaming Zumba classes. So me and Rach are going to do a bit of uh, Zumba together, maybe. But um, yeah, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> but it might involve twerking. And I don't know. <laughs> that won't be pretty. I'm, but, not, I'm not judging you as a person. I'm judging your behavior. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, have you, did, you, did you do any of the Kirtan when you were doing yeah. the Tunge Dawa? Yeah, yeah. Daily. Uh, daily practice for an hour in the morning don't touch your faces <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> i'll do what i want i haven't left my house in three weeks um <laughs> we did daily chanting for an hour i don't know if i was telling you the story about ganesh where uh yeah. uh so years ago i went to a healer in galway and i go for like sound healing and light therapy healing and all these like alternative treatments and I remember at the time I was just struggling with my mental health. So I was looking, looking for all these different options. And she told me, right, this is Ganesh. This is the removal of, removal of obstacles. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she goes, you need to say this chant 108 times for 108 days. <laughs> and I was like, I'm struggling here, but fuck that. Like, I'm not doing that. You know? <laughs> so I forgot about it. And then I went to yoga teacher training. And I was like the messer in the class that was just kind of, just having a bit of crack every day, as you can imagine. And, uh, like didn't know anything, couldn't touch my knees, never mind my toes, like just like all over the place. And then one of the days we're doing chanting and the lady's like, can anyone tell me who, uh, who Ganesh is? I'm like, <laughs> I was so proud of myself. I was like, Ganesh is the remover of obstacles. She's like, do you know what <laughs> <laughs> It was like my shining moment. Yeah. I enjoyed the chanting. Yeah. I really enjoyed the chanting. Mm. Yeah. It was, uh, once you, once you, once you kind of, um, let go it's it's that initial resistance i mean i feel that as well with um with dancing you know um like because i don't drink alcohol anymore i um mind you i did go to a wedding last year and i got very drunk but um, (laughs) but generally speaking um it's like i feel sometimes when you do yoga it's almost like your excuse to dance without having to actually dance um you know to to move in an expressive way a bit like jiu-jitsu really it's kind of like a dance jiu-jitsu you know the back and forth between two people like mm. the tango um and i i really feel like the singing is such a great way to bring people together it's, say for example when you do your seminars pat but like you're when i went to your seminar every i think 20 minutes we were doing something interactive with each other and i think like when we you do something as a big group especially a chant or uh just a simple it could be like just an om it it, it really uh does something like for the the group dude do you know what i was gonna do in dublin that night and i didn't do it i had this like thought in my head i was like wouldn't it be cool to sing a bob marley song like get everyone to sing a bob marley song and then i was like no it's a little bit out of context and then I was like, I'll, <laughs> I'll look up February 6th and I'll see if it has any relevance to Bob Marley's life, which was the date the Dublin seminar was. And of course, it was Bob Marley's birthday. So I was like, right, we're going to sing. And then I was just like, 
Nah. <laughs> I didn't take the chance. This is something I'm really conscious of at the moment, though. Again, with like putting out material and stuff. I'm just like, I don't want to play it safe anymore. Um, I, 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 that's the thing I regret when I do a talk, after a talk, if I ever do a talk or a podcast or anything else. I'm like, mm, I played it safe. I went back into character mode just with kind of automatic stories and stuff rather than leaning in like i did my men's workshop a couple of months ago and it was great and everything else a couple of weeks ago it was great but i, I felt that again i played it a little bit safe i didn't lean into some topics that might have been more prevalent you know mm. so i probably should have got bob marley going but then yeah i suppose what bob marley song lisa wants to know um i was looking at a few uh Probably three little birds will be the easiest for a big group of six hundred. That was that was. Uh, Is that don't worry, be happy? No. Don't worry about a thing, cause every little thing. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. thought that's a good one. What I wanted to do, like from a context standpoint, was to anchor it in people that like like anchor this from a visual standpoint, like an NLP style exercise where we'll anchor this in such a way that when you touch your um. You touch your opposite hand or something you'll bring you'll come back to that moment of being surrounded by 600 people singing this and i kind of mm. close out I, i'm just giving away my my story here but i was going to say like i'll close out the night by saying look we we'll leave the room now we'll all have ups and downs we'll all have struggles we'll all feel lost isolated lonely secure insecure um in moments in our life maybe just tap your tap your hand when that comes up and, and bring yourself back to being surrounded by 600 people um mm. But maybe again, we'll see. Yeah, it's is that it's, so that's part of NLP is actual like physical triggers, is it? That includes yeah. So it's a couple of different things. So NLP, I mean, it's an easy process, an easy way of doing it would just be to say pinch your fingers, so you'll close your eyes and you'll visualize the experience, and you really make it sensory. So sensory, you're bringing as many senses to it as you can. So I'm visualizing what absolute happiness looks like and feeling it and seeing it and, and hearing what I'd hear really anchor it. And I'm just going to touch my fingers together and really intensify the emotions. And I'll do that a couple of times to the point where when I touch my fingers, I can kind of get to that place pretty quickly. It's kind of like when you hear a song and it brings you back to a specific moment in your life, mm. but it's, 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 it's a lot of, it's about the feeling as opposed to like just visualizing something. You've got to feel what you would feel because it's like when people ask you, where were you when September 11th happens? Um, mm. People will know because it's an emotional thing. Whereas if, the, if they say, where were you September 10th? No one's going to have any idea. So we're wired to remember the emotional experiences. That's why negative experiences from our past hold such a strong grip on us. And that's why there's yeah. nostalgia. And so, yeah, you can anchor those feelings. There's different ways of doing it. EFT then is this tapping where you can calm yourself by tapping different parts of, of yourself. Have you seen this? EFT. EFT, yeah, yeah. What's that stand for? Oh, I want to say emotional freedom technique, but I feel like that might not be accurate. It's tapping. So is it like soothing yourself by doing this? Kind of yeah, you, you will tap these into your, um, you effectively tap, I'm going to get this wrong. This is not accurate, but to the effect of, I'll do my couple of taps and I'm tapping different parts. And as I do it, I'm doing affirmations. So I'm, I'm loving awareness. I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness and kind of similar idea um some people are big proponents of that i never really got into it too much but there's definitely something there people find it good for anxiety and i think for like giving up certain things i think um i mean it's it may sound obvious thing to say but public speaking most people are terrified of it and i 
I mean, you do obviously tons of it, so big, way bigger, way uh, much larger scale than I do. But still, I public speak every day, and um, what I was surprised when I first started public speaking was that I how nervous I was because I I assumed because I was confident, really confident in front of small groups of people, it's just the same for bigger groups, but uh, but it wasn't, and I this, I'm gonna sound like a mad person now, but. And Rachel will tell you because Rachel is my girlfriend. I live with, by the way. Um, I will walk around the house sometimes, go talking to myself like, "Come on, Kev, come on now. You know, you're messing about. You know, don't have that bit of chocolate. Or what? What are you doing? You're dossing. You're you're looking at something that's not going to help where you you know what you're trying to do." And Rachel kind of like laugh at me because I'm t- essentially talking to myself because I don't have a boss. I don't have someone to go, "Come on, Kev." back on track whatever it is but that is essentially um well i don't know that's probably a very um oversimplified version of nlp Uh, but i'm telling myself uh that i think i'm good and sometimes i'll overcompensate by being like you're the best kev (laughs) yeah yeah the best at what i don't know but i just say those words and um and i i do i do believe a bit like training any muscle like I said, I haven't studied this to the degree you have, but I feel I can tell you when I go into a class or a workshop, um, I still feel those nerves, but I, I have that kind of momentum every day of just constantly reinforcing myself uh, with with um, positive affirmations, man. I think they go a long way. Um, yeah, so on, we're actually doing that on, the, on one of the workshops at the minute. So affirmations when they're preached about sometimes like you see these daft ideas of someone who's broke going i'm a millionaire i'm a millionaire i'm a millionaire and it's just (laughs) like no you're delusional um but what i like is like an evolving affirmation so every day i get a little bit better every day i show up in the world every day i bring my full energy to what i do every day I, i cultivate whatever it is because i can actually believe those things And then as a result of whatever my affirmation is, I'm like, what can I do in a practical sense to make that true? So I was helping someone last week with like social anxiety. And so we're going from a limiting belief of I'm not good socially. We come up with a liberating belief, which is something that's more empowering. But we're not going to say I'm a social superstar because that's delusional for someone who feels socially anxious. We're going to say every day I get a little bit better socially. And then we ask Mm -hmm. her, right, what can you do to make that actually a belief that's true? Because the way I see it, every action I take is voting for what I want to believe about myself. In other words, every time I don't say hello to a stranger, I'm backing up my belief that I'm not good socially. And so for her to believe her new belief of I get better every day socially, there's got to be an action there. Otherwise, it's delusion. So her thing was, I want you to say five hellos to strangers every day for the next two months. I'm a hard time doing it now the way things are. I should be on Zoom waving at everyone. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, look, all that stuff is interesting. Yeah, I've been immersing myself in, in that stuff again the last couple of weeks. And there's bits and pieces. I mean, the NLP can be useful for phobias. That stuff is interesting. There's, um, yeah, you can go a million different directions. Different things work for different people. And again, different tools. You take stuff and you blend it all together. And yeah. Yeah, as you said, action, it doesn't have to be big actions, but little actions add up. Like, for example, in the morning, I wake up very, very early, 4.34 sometimes. And like Rachel said to me last night, Kev, just, you know, have a lie in. I said, I can't. I I, I want to keep going. I I love my life. 
and I want it to continue this way. So therefore, when I get up, I feel like, oh, it's another day, let's, let's do this. And those first couple of hours are so productive in the morning time that, but it's just little things that I'm doing. Like today I, I woke up and I recorded three meditations and edit them, put music on them and stuff like that. And um, although that's not, that may not seem like a big deal to someone else, if I can start the day that way, um, then everything else seems feels like a bonus. I kind of have that pressure off. But actually, Pat, what you said there is, is, is I have to, um, um, I've realized the shortcomings in my affirmations by saying I'm the best, right? Which I'm definitely, I mean, I'm adding uh, that dimension of comparison. And therefore, uh, if I start lacking behind, people don't shout to my classes or um, I'm just not doing well. I, I, this actually saying I'm the best is can be, I feel like it could be destructive. What is much better as you just said there is to be like, Every day, can I be do something that maybe I'm proud of or that I make a little bit better every day? And um, I, th I think that's, I haven't approached it from a, a kind of um, a, uh, an informed way, but more so an emotional way. Sure. Uh, and it, it's, you know, as I say to Rach, like I, I just I, I've never felt like this before in my life where I actually feel like I'm actually adding value <laughs> before I was just, you know, coasting along. And it's a kind of crappy feeling to feel like a, a burden in a, <laughs> when you're working yeah. for a company. <laughs> and um, and I think that as well, I, I instead of being motivated by never wanting to be a burden again, I should be more so, I suppose, motivated by the fact that uh, yeah, I have a, I have a, I'm really enjoying life, and I and I want it to um, continue. Pat, let me ask you, what courses are you studying at the moment? Ben, let, online. Let me, let me tell you real quick first. Um, here's a good way of writing an affirmation for anyone that's interested in doing it. I am your affirmation starts with I am because it's in the present. You'll come up with like, what's the word? I'm not very good at English. Is it a verb? That's the best that I could do an action word. Yeah, so you'd come up, I am something like, I'm a powerful, I'm a creative, I'm an inspiring, I'm an energetic, I'm a world-class. A come noun? Up, hmm? Is that a noun? Is it a noun? I don't know what that is, but so, uh, I am, and I'll give you an example one first. I am an inspiring and creative thought leader who changes the world with his programs. So what I've done there, I am, couple of words that will buzz you and fire you up. So I am a creative and inspiring yoga teacher who brings passion and energy to every class I teach. So I am a couple of words that fire you up, what your role is and what impact you have on the world. That's a nice way of doing it. Mm. I, I'm a creative and inspiring thought leader who has a positive impact on my people through my programs and live events. I can believe mm. that, but it's also not... If someone wants to go, I'm a great dad, maybe you could say I'm a world-class father who is present and fully engaged with my kids on a daily basis. Like that's that's good. And then one other thing that might be useful, adjective. There we go. We're learning. We're learning. Um, Thanks, Helen. The <laughs> um, other thing, sorry, what have I been studying? Um, I finished a, a diploma in CBT and counseling recently. So that was that was good. Um, mm -hmm. I'm doing a diploma in logotherapy, which is Victor Frankl's form of psychotherapy, uh, ex yeah. existential analysis. Um, I did my master in neuro linguistic practitioner. Um, 
I've been studying a lot of shadow work, inner child work. Yeah. And um, I got to tell you that I'll explain that story in a second. <laughs> um, inner child work, shadow work, men's work. Um, what else am I studying? I've been I've been doing a lot of stuff recently. Um, it's, this is on a stack of books. I'll tell you what I haven't been studying: yoga. <laughs> um, well, Victor Frankl, Victor Frankl stuff is very yogic. I mean, exploring the 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 relationship between stress and your response to stress. Yeah, and that's incredibly yogic. Yeah, that's what they all come back to. I think really, that's the biggest thing yeah. I learned with the yoga was you know it's all been said in different ways. Um, Frank, yeah, everyone should be reading Frankl's book at the moment because that's like. What we're going through right now is just like it's a little sneeze compared to the madness they went through. Jenny was talking yeah. about passion there. Will I tell you this story? I don't know how this I don't know how this story came up. <laughs> so when I was uh <laughs> when I was eighteen I was out in San Diego. Uh, the book is is Man's Search for Meaning, someone is asking. Uh, Unbelievable. I was out in San Diego when I was eighteen. I went out there to become a cage fighter. I think I told you this before. Yeah. So I moved out there and I would end up in random places. Like one of my mentors out, well, I won't say mentors. One of the guys I used to hang out with out there was one of the Hells Angels. So he was the, oh, vi wow. he was the vice president of the Hells Angels chapter in San Diego. I remember going for ice cream with him when I was 18 and I was just like, what is going on? And I'm like looking at the patches on his leather jacket that signify like what a bad man he is basically. But anyway, uh, I found myself at this party one night and it was uh, like in the hood <laughs> and uh, there's a bunch of uh, cage fighters and stuff there and uh, someone's like what's your name and I'm like Pat and the guy looks at me he's like your name is Passion <laughs> I'm like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my name is Passion <laughs> and then everyone's smoking weed so I'm like okay I'll go in on this and I see uh there's a guy who's got like a massive fight the following week. He's like a famous fighter that's there. And he comes over and he's like, oh, shit. Like he's getting drug tested the following week. You know, he can't be smoking weed. <laughs> oh, shit. Passion's hitting the bomb. Give me that. <laughs> I was like, dude, no, no, no. I don't it was too late to tell him it's was, different. I was like, I don't want to be responsible for you uh, failing a drug test and not getting paid. <laughs> So that's where passion Jesus Christ, from. Pat, man. That's the crazy. Hell's Angels, UFC fighting. Oh, was that like MMA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. MMA. I lived in a gym for six months out in San Diego when I was six, uh, 18, 19. Um, fought down in Tijuana, Mexico. It was interesting. It was good times. I was. Uh, when I went back to Jiu Jitsu at 27, 28, I kind of reflected on it. I was like, oh, I've got all the stuff I wanted now. Like, I bought a house, I bought a car. I'm still miserable. <laughs> and I was like, when was I happy? And I was like, when I lived in San Diego, I used to sleep in the gym. And, you know, I, I had nothing, but I, I would train all the time and I was happy out. And granted, I was at a different time in my life where you don't need any money when you're a teenager. But I was like, right, I'm going back to jujitsu. Um, so, yeah. Where and with, with, with jujitsu, Pat, um, do, you, do you ever, um, are you a purple belt now? Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's, that's big. I know. That was like, that's my proudest accomplishment in life. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. If, 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 I mean, I, I changed jiu jitsu for a few years, um, but um, 
it's um it's one of those things that if no one's done it but when you do it it becomes incredibly addictive i think because you're tapping into something quite primal and the level of trust and contact you have with another human is uh it's something you don't really ex experience you know um but it's not an aggressive i don't I, I care if i change pat what was this I changed Pat in my phone to Passion. <laughs> passion to really get on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but are you missing Jiu-Jitsu now then? Because obviously you can't touch people. Yeah, I'm missing Jiu-Jitsu. Um, How are you replacing that? Well, not replacing it, but what are you doing to... Kettlebells. I mean, it's different, but it's... it's uh... The reason I went back to Jiu-Jitsu was I was bored of the gym. I wasn't enjoying the gym. So I'm actually doing kettlebells and yoga now every day. Um, mm. just a little bit of each which has been good bit of, started running today um, mm. you know what I've got different parts of my life like I've got my jiu-jitsu life I've got the education side like where I'm always studying and being a nerd and then I've obviously got my work and then I've got playing a bit of guitar so I can kind of dip in and out of things and, and I definitely miss the jiu-jitsu but I've got enough there to keep me occupied and keep me and stuff that I haven't got to do as much like I say the simple things at the moment of getting to cook my own food and and like do a work do a normal work day and get a lot done and then be able to like chill for a while is is a novelty mm. so it's it's been good yeah man i i really feel like uh apart from the obviously health side of things and it's it's a you know um it's terrible that uh what this is doing to some people in terms of affecting their health but i think this is i mean we're living for a fascinating time i know that i've spent so much time now with rage um, that has been really nice. I mean, we've been going for walks and stuff. And, and actually, when you don't have the social obligations, uh, it kind of re removes that bit of stress where you feel like you don't have to, to meet people. Um, which I, I'm not saying I, I don't feel like I have to, but I don't know. It, it, sometimes it's nice to just break the cycle of doing, you know, every day you're trying to churn, churn the same thing. And... Um, yeah, I, 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 I feel like I know that this is really, uh, it's kind of been a blessing in disguise for me. The only thing, anything that's really unfortunate is that Rachel's pregnant and she's going for her 20 week scan next week and she's got to go on her own, hmm. you know, which is like, so she's got to video chat me in and it's kind of, it's unfortunate because you're missing that together, but... Sure. At the same time, I heard we're doing in Hollow Street, and this girl who was in who was saying to Rach, she was in Hollow Street last week getting her scan, and she said actually it was fine. You know, she was picturing that everyone's going to be in a mask and you can't touch anything and you're going to be crowded and all this type of stuff. But she said that um, it was it was absolutely fine. I'm just a bit disappointed I can't be there, but i i could be way off the mark with this but my understanding was that the hospitals have never been quieter than they are right now i could be way off i don't know is that yeah like, that's is that, this yeah. is what the lady said who who uh, messaged rach she said she went in for a scan she said it was pretty quiet mm. um i don't i don't really know what, what maybe it's a case if we were expecting that big surge of cases and it didn't happen or it's because people are self-isolated just doing nothing is brilliant uh, Brian Rooney, uh, that's an that's an old friend. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, it's true. Doing nothing is, is brilliant. But um, yes, I think what what is challenging though when it comes to um, isolating is that I'm all right on my own. 
kind of I'm I'm fine on my own. Cause I spend a lot of time around now. I'm kind of getting I've got used to it. But for for say Rach, you're pregnant. You know, it's an emotional time, and it'd be nice to be amongst sisters, mum, aunties, that that type of thing. Which it's not. It's. I mean, obviously, we can't do that now. But um, I don't know, man. I mean, um, I, I'm I'm happy actually. This is not happy, but it's better now. It's happening now as opposed to us having like a two month old or one month old at the moment. That'd be because I'm I'm hoping. <laughs> I mean, I, obviously, I want to be there for my child, and I'm delighted to be a father. I'm kind of thinking, like, you know, can we give the the child to the my mum and dad for a few <laughs> days? <laughs> early <laughs> early days. Yeah, I, I said to Rach, like, when is the soonest you can give the child to someone else? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, but um, that's that's the nice thing I think about uh, living near your parents is that you can kind of have that three generation thing that we we don't um it's pretty rare now these days especially with loads of people going to australia and stuff you know what kevin a lot of the men's work stuff i mean studying is is centered around that idea of like not having elders and not having yeah not having those key influencers it's it's super interesting stuff like i've been mm. going so i think yeah if you can if the kids can be raised around a couple of generations i think there's definitely some magic in that definitely man i mean think like when my granny um and like on Mayo and Wicklow from both sides. Sorry, the camera's going to be bad. They like a generation before the granny, the grandparents, the parents, and the kids all lived in one house. I was in Korea for no five years ago, roughly, and uh, same thing there. They still do it that way. In a lot of countries, they do it that way. But but we, I mean, when I say we, I mean developed countries. We have that that break in the family, which I think is it's a. Uh, it's it's unfortunate man but um yeah so strange times we find out in a week basically if we've got a boy or a girl and Class. i don't i don't i don't yeah so ask it we're gonna do the the reveal thing you know when you pop the balloon and it goes right. blue or pink yeah <laughs> so basically <laughs> what happens is what happens is you go in i only found this out last week you go in they find out what it is but they then tell you they write it on a piece of paper put it in an envelope the doctor does ah. and then you t yeah then you take that envelope to like a card shop and they pump up a balloon, put whatever glitter in it, pink or blue, and then not till you get home and you pop it together, do you find out? So nice. It's called a, It's called a gender reveal. So there you go. With a healthy price tag, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. But um, that's about it. Pat, any closing words? No, I enjoyed that conversation, Kev. Thank you. I suppose. You know what we started on when we said like try not to judge people judge their behavior maybe is, is a better way of operating yeah. i think that's something i'm trying to focus on at the moment so if there was a, a take-home maybe that's the take-home that we shouldn't uh we shouldn't shut down on people because they don't have the same views we should become curious about what their views are yeah absolutely pat pat always a pleasure mate I likewise tons and it was good fun and um yeah, until next time, brother. Thank you, man. Mind yourself.